Welcome everybody to Downtown Moms Discipleship. Yay, we're back together. Can we believe it? <laughs> well, I'm Holly Packiam. And I'm Sarah Jackson. And we know many of you, but welcome to all of those of you who are returning. We've been going for a couple years, and so we're starting our third year. Can you Yay. believe that? Yes. I know, it's crazy. Um, and welcome to all of you who, for you, this is your first time. Welcome, welcome. And we also have a special welcome to all the people on Zoom. We've got a good group of people on Zoom. Hello, all of our Zoom people. <laughs> um, Katie Stoddard is going to be leading a group discussion on Zoom for us. That's really great. So if any of you ever get sick or need to be home or with your kids or whatever comes up, you can join us on Zoom as well. So it's great to have that option. Um, well, Sarah and I started this group, yeah, I guess two years ago. We've been talking about it yeah. for a lot of years, so it's been so fun to work with you. That's right. Um, we want to make a few introductions before we start. Um, Janelle is back here doing some sound and techie stuff. Janelle Thank you, Janelle. Heiser. I almost called you Janelle Moore. Janelle got married this year, so she's now Janelle Heiser. If you guys haven't seen her since, maybe she got married. <laughs> Um, but Janelle works in family ministries. She supports um, many of us in, so she supports this group. She supports children's ministry, um, marriage stuff, kids stuff. She also does mission stuff. She wears a lot of hats, and we are so grateful. Janelle, to you should take a nap during this. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a lot. Yes. So we're so grateful to Janelle. She and I have been working behind the scenes, doing all the logistics, and she's been doing a lot of work for our group. So let's give Janelle a hand. <laughs> and then one more introduction. I'd love for all of the table leaders to stand up. Every, each of you have a table leader who's gonna lead discussion and pray with the group. And so we'd love all of you to stand up. Yay, table, table leaders! leaders. <laughs> okay, so our historically we have done this group, our vision for this group, um, has been kind of a TED Talk style where we're able to delve into different topics that we um, care about but maybe don't have as much time in our seasons of life that we're in to really spend the mental energy to really learn about. So we have this group to um, give us a chance to just learn and grow together. And so we've had a really topical group and we've had a variety of speakers. Um, and the way that it's just sort of worked out in the past has been kind of three different categories, motherhood and parenting. And then we have, um, we've talked a lot about mental health and we've also talked a lot about um, like outward facing issues, our, our um, mission in the world as followers of Christ. Um, and this semester we've decided to focus just specifically on motherhood and kind of the different aspects of motherhood. So we're gonna explore the different facets of it uh, this semester. So we're just really focusing in, um, we just felt like 2020 has given us a lot of curveballs and readjustment and stuff, and it might be nice to just focus on one thing for a minute. So it's gonna be um, me and Holly, and we also have Tracy Harmon, who many of you may know, um, her husband is on staff at New Life Downtown, um, and she's also a scientist. So um, she's going to do the science lessons. Um, so probably not. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of our focus this semester. Um, 
And then I just, for especially for those of you who are new, just kind of wanted to share a little bit of the flow and the format of how the group works. So as you noticed, you'll come in, we'll have snacks that are individually wrapped for, you know, for COVID and we'll have coffee and water. And so you can come in and just grab that stuff as soon as you get here each time. And we'll have just some time to chat with each other. Um, each time we'll have a question on the table that if you feel like, okay, I'm to the end of small talk, what should we talk about? You can pick that up, anybody can pick that up and might just be a springboard for conversation. So feel free to, to grab that question. And then about 10 to seven, seven-ish, um, Sarah and I will come up here each time and just do some announcements. We have more tonight than we normally will. Usually we just have a couple things to talk about or remind everybody of. And um, then the speaker will come up and speak for about maybe 30 to 45 minutes, just depending on who's here and how much we have. And then um, we may do a Q&A after that if we have time. And we usually have about 30 to 40 minutes at the end for a conversation at your table. And so each table leader has um, some questions. Um, if they don't have them tonight, they will get them by next week. Uh, just three questions that we can use for any topic. So just it's things like, what stands out to you most about this talk? Or what do you feel the Lord inviting you into based on this conversation? Things like that that, um, can be used for any any of the topics that we have. And then um, Sarah will usually come up and remind everybody about like 10 minutes to the end that we wanna transition to a prayer time. So table leaders will ask the group, do you have anything that you want us to pray for you about? Could be regarding what we're talking about, could be something totally unrelated to our topic. So um, we're hoping that as everybody gets more connected, you'll feel comfortable to share those things. Um, the table leader has a journal that she can write that stuff down in. You guys can take pictures of those requests and um, send them around to the group or whatever way works best for your group. Um, and then we'll close out about 8.30 and um, whoever has kids can go get their kids at that time. And um, we do have binders. If you if you are new, we have some extra binders over there. And you can bring your binder every time if you're a binder person, a notes person. Um, we all we often supply notes to go along with our lectures. So you can just have that to refer back to. Mm -hmm. And then as a reminder, um, we'll meet the second and third Wednesdays of the month through the beginning of December. I think our last meeting for the semester will be um, Wednesday, December 9th. And we will just see what the future holds for the next semester. <laughs> Who knows? Um, we might continue as we're going. Um, we had, I think Sarah had said that we'd been meeting Thursday mornings for a couple years. So we may go back to that if, if we can, but we'll just see. We're just thankful for, for this semester for now. Um, but I will keep you updated as we know more. And then just a note on childcare. I think we sent this out in the email, but um, we do have children's ministry. We are providing that. It's just very limited. So if you do have means to um, have care for your kids, whether that's your spouse or family or a trusted friend, please use that. But we also want we want everybody to be able to come that wants to come. So if you need that childcare, um, you can reserve a spot. But we do need you to reserve a spot each week for it. Um, so every week it kind of restarts and you can reserve that spot. And um, there is someone to contact in the email we sent. If, if say you got sick and didn't need it, we would appreciate you just emailing or calling and saying, hey, don't need those spots to open it up for somebody else. There's a few other ministries meeting on campus, so we're all kind of coming together to use that children's ministry. So if you have any questions about any of this, um, talk to me or Sarah um, or Janelle after. I know there's it's a lot of logistics. 
Oh. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear from Holly tonight. Mm -hmm. Holly, what are you talking about tonight? And can you just tell us a little bit about, um, for people who haven't met you and don't know yeah. what your role is at New Life yeah. Downtown, can you just tell us a little bit and then yes. we will hear from Holly? Okay. Well, we are going to talk about the theme of motherhood, as Sarah mentioned, this semester. And so I'm just going to start us off talking about this idea of vocational motherhood, which is really like our calling as mothers. So just to kind of give us a, that'll be our launching pad into the rest of our discussion for the semester. And then I'm also going to be hitting one of our first roles, which is mother as learner. And so some of the other topics that we'll cover for the rest of the semester will be mother as a servant, as a disciple Maker, as a friend, as a counselor, as a cultivator of wonder. I think I hit all of them. So I'll kind of have a bit of a two-part talk um, tonight, but I'll tell you as we're kind of transitioning there. So, but yeah, as far as as far as just a bit about me for those of you who I haven't gotten to meet or to know yet, um, I've been at New Life for almost 20 years, which is crazy. Um, I, I came on staff here at New Life right after I graduated from college, moved out to Colorado Springs, have had various roles at the church, um, and then um, had our first baby about four years into marriage and decided to stay home then. Um, I guess to back up a little bit, I got my master's in counseling from UCCS um, a year after I got my undergrad, and so did a lot of volunteer kind of counseling when my kids were young, led discipleship groups with um, trauma and abuse and things like that, and just, just jumped in and did things where I could, which is on and off, and half the time I was sitting in groups with like a nursing baby, and I, it's kind of crazy when I look back, I'm like, I can't believe I actually did that, <laughs> but you do what you got to do, right, to, to be involved and stay connected, and you guys are doing it, right? You're here. Um, so, yeah, I stayed home um, with my kids and did a lot of volunteer stuff for about 12 years and then came back on staff with New Life Downtown about three years ago. And we started this congregation. Gee, it's been a little over eight years ago New Life Downtown started. So I kind of track it by my youngest's birth because I was about to have her when we started New Life Downtown. And that was a really challenging season, <laughs> for sure. The first days of the congregation, I'm like walking around with the screaming baby, which you're going to hear more about her in a little bit. But um, it, was, it was challenging and wonderful all at the same time as motherhood is, right? So um, currently, I am the pastor of Parenting Ministries. So I get to do Downtown Moms Discipleship as a part of that. I also teach some spir um, spiritual parenting classes and get to do mentoring and pastoral counseling too. So it's great. It's a great season with our kids. So, But yeah, you'll hear more about it in a minute. So Okay, I will jump in. So, vocation of motherhood. I, this may be a term that some of you may be familiar with. Some of you might be like, I don't really hear people talk about that. But really, the word really just means the sense of calling to something. And I think our first calling as followers of Christ is we're disciples of Christ, right? We're, that's our, the core of our calling. But I think if we have children, we're also called to motherhood, right? If However, this came to be planned or a surprise or whatever, we, we have these children, and so God has, has called us to this. So, so what does this really look like? I want to start by telling you a story, um, just taking you back about a little over 15 years. So my oldest is 15, which I just, I know probably every person who has older kids is like, I can't believe it's been this long or this child's this old, but 
I really do feel that way. So I only have, she's only going to be in our home probably three more years, which those of you who've seen her since she was little, it's like, wow, I can't believe we're almost here. But some of those early, I think with my first child, those memories are still very vivid of being pregnant and how things were in the beginning and, and all of that. So, But I do remember going out to visit a mom who, she was a staff person at New Life, um, his wife, and we got to know this family. She said, why don't you come out to our house and we'll hang out. And she just kind of wanted to encourage me and share with me about motherhood. And I was about to have my first baby. So I don't remember a lot about the conversation, but what I do remember is she said, okay, whatever you do, don't do X model of, you know, child care and parenting. And so she was talking about this particular book. And that was exactly what I'd been reading and thinking like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I have my plan. I have my formula. I've got it all figured out. And so it was kind of troubling. And I left thinking, okay, now this really messes with me. And and then she followed it up by saying, don't do this because this is of the devil. Like, okay, well, what do I do with this? And um, so I kind of was, you know, thinking and processing that and kind of praying through that and thinking, you know, just the voices that kind of, you get, you have lots of opinions, right? When you're pregnant or you're having a baby or you have kids, whatever it is, you know, people want to give you their opinions. And sometimes it's really helpful. Sometimes those voices are helpful and sometimes it stresses you out, right? But I was kind of one of those people who wanted to hear, you know, from people and I wanted to read stuff and it was somewhat helpful, but also confusing because there are also, you know, there's voices on some, one end of the spectrum. Then you might hear something, you might hear having high structures really good all the way to the spectrum of just let the baby tell you what to do, right? I think being a first-time mom, I just desperately wanted someone to tell me what to do. Just please just somebody tell me what to do. But when this came my way, I'm like, oh, gosh, okay. I thought I had my, my formula. Um, but I, I really couldn't see a way forward before I had my baby. None of us really can, right? Um, but I think I wanted to cling to something that would tell me this is the best way to raise my child. This is the way that's going to offer maybe me some, some peace with having that structure or a sense of me being in control. Well, I just really had no idea, right? We have no idea <laughs> the lack of sense of control that we're going to have once we have that child. Um, so I think formulas work well in areas like math or science, um, things like that, where we can have a specific outcome. But with a child who's unique, and there's nobody else like any one of our children, right? And so to think that a book was going to tell me exactly when and how my baby would sleep and be awake and play, and she was not going to have any of it when I had her. She was like, no way, I'm not doing this. Um, so I, anyway, I didn't listen to my wise mother friend and I was like, okay, I'm going to try this anyway. So I tried it and yeah, Sophia did not, she was not wired that way. She did not want to follow my well laid out plan for her life. So we had to kind of try to, try to figure things out. Um, but I think it's harder, right? In general to follow the path that's kind of unknown. I think it requires huge trust in the Lord to say, okay, Lord, I, I, you know that I want this and I want to cling to this for security, but 
I know I need to lean into you. Help me to help me to trust you. The scripture has been encouraging to me. It's from Isaiah 40, 11, and it says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. I think I've kind of clung to that scripture over the years. He gently leads those that have young. I think we all need that gentle leading every day, right? That it's such a trust walk. We never know what's coming. We never know what our kids are going to do. They're not quite predictable, right? Um, but does this mean that we, you know, we say we're going to trust the Lord, but that doesn't mean that we, we don't need a guide. I mean, the Holy Spirit is our guide, but I also think that, um, the Holy Spirit is asking us to, to think about who can come alongside of us in this journey. Who can we reach out to for help to remind us? And we'll get to more of that in a little bit. But sadly, I kind of kept trying to, I just, I think I, I felt the sense from the Lord of like letting go and trusting more and wanting to be more free and wanting to let my child even lead a little bit and tell me, like, show me like, mom, I, you know, please respond to me. I want to be held. I, you know, whether it's, I want comfort or I want, I need a diaper change. I want to be fed. But I think when our kids are crying out to us, they, they're longing either for a physical need or for connection. And I don't think they're trying to manipulate us. They're, they're little babies. They're trying to tell us something. But I think for me and my own just humanity and sinfulness, I want to do what I want to do sometimes. Right. And so figuring that out is, is definitely a trust walk. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I struggled with that for a long time and I, I thank God for the Lord bringing me just a couple, a couple of women who were older and seasoned in my life who were able to come in and say, okay, Holly, like just relax a little bit. <laughs> um, just trust that the Lord is speaking to you and leading you and, um, that there really, there can be something really beautiful about this journey if you'll lean into it. Um, I knew that I'd signed up for a life of sacrifice, but I really wanted that sacrifice to feel meaningful. I think I felt like I stepped down from a lot of things that I loved, and um, I, I didn't want it to feel like I'm just getting, I'm just doing the mundane. I'm just putting my head down and getting stuff done that I, I craved for this meaningful part of motherhood, for to have a vision for what it could be. And I would ask myself often, does it really matter if I'm the one, you know, feeding my baby, changing my baby, calming my baby? Can, can't anybody do this? Um, and of course anyone can, and we do need help. We need people to help us on this journey. So I'm not saying you should be the only one, but, but we do have a special role in our kids' lives as mothers, right? And every time that we do these some maybe seemingly meaningless things, we're connecting with our child, right? Every time we change their diaper, every time we look in their eyes or comfort them or come to them, we're saying, you know, I want to connect with you. I see you. I'm listening to you. And so every little time you do that, it's, it's impacting your child. It's like one step forward towards that, you know, secure attachment and that relationship with your child. And so be encouraged. Think about that when you're like, oh, one more time, if I have to change another diaper, if I, you know, there's certain days where it, we can lose sight of any meaning or calling in it. But I just want you to hear tonight that your role as a mom is so important in your ch child's life, that God sees you, that he hears your cry, he hears your children, he sees them, that 
I believe there will come a day, if it's not for a lot of years, when you will see the rewards of all that you've poured in. Not that there won't be hard days, not that your kids will do everything you want them to do or that it'll turn out, you know, perfectly. But I think as you keep building that relationship with them, as you keep serving them and bringing your whole person who you are into their life, that that you will start seeing the fruit of that. So be encouraged, especially if you've got really little ones and, and it is hard. And I know for me, it's, I think the physical demands were so, so much that you just about fall into bed at night, right? It's just so exhausting. And not that it, I, I don't want to give you false hope that it's easier as your kids get older, but but in that physical sense, for sure it is. I think now the stage where I'm in, so my kids are 15 to um, 8, that we're having tons of conversations now, we're working things out that way. It's maybe more emotionally taxing, but I am sleeping. I am, you know, things will shift and it, it will, yeah, the little things, yeah, like sleep. So be encouraged. Um, but a couple more things about vocation. So the Bible tells us that men and women were created in the image of God so that we could reflect God's rule into the world. So we, we know from Genesis, you know, male and female were created in God's image, and he called us to rule and subdue the earth. So work is really a pre-fall idea, and we are all working really hard as moms, right? And you may have other jobs and other things you're doing, and we're just focusing on our work and motherhood tonight. But some many times that goes really unseen, right? That, And it's in our culture, it's not really valued that much. Um, you know, we might, I think Sarah and I did a talk in the in COVID about kind of being invisible. Mothers are often kind of invisible. You know, you show up with your husband to something and like, oh, I'm, I'm at home with my kids. And people are like, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe move on to talk to someone more interesting or something more exciting to say or going on in their life. But um, I think part of our purpose in meeting, especially this semester, is to really see each other and to say, I know, Linda, you are working hard every day, that you are pouring into your kids. And I feel like I just get like emotional thinking about it because I, I know how much you, how hard you guys work. And oh, sorry. But anyway, I see you and I want us to really be able to encourage and see each other this semester. So, oh, man, <sighs> going to carry on from here. So, <laughs> Okay. I can see my paper here. Okay. All right. Biblical scholar N.T. Wright says, this is what he says about work. (laughs) That's my next segue. Okay. It seems to me that God has put humans like an angled mirror in his world so that God can reflect his love and care and stewardship of the world through humans and so that the rest of the world can praise the creator through humans. And so us as moms working where, you know, we are pouring our love and our care and our stewardship of all that we are into our kids. And this is, like I said, this is a pre-fall idea that we are called to work in the world and God celebrates that. God celebrates what that looks like in each of us. Okay, let's talk about a few ideas here, a few more ideas about motherhood as a vocation. So as I said before, if you are a mother, you are called to this, um, regardless of how much, you know, time you're putting into it. And I really want this to be a space where we can encourage each other and whatever time we're spending. Some of us can stay home or have chosen to stay home. Some of us work full time. Some of us work part time. We each have to 
like process and consider what God has called us to. And this will change in different seasons of our lives. What each of you, what I'm doing now may not be what we're always doing, but I really want us to be able to hear and see each other in that. Some of you may feel settled in however that looks for you. And others of you might be in the process of like, I'm trying to figure this out. You know, what I'm doing maybe is working or what you're doing. You might feel like this is not working for our family. So I really would love for us to be able to, you know, be open about that and encourage each other with whatever path we're on and however that, that looks for our family. So However much you're with your kids, however much you're not, we all are still called to the same thing. We all have to figure out what that looks like for each of us. Secondly, motherhood is a calling. So really what I think the heart of this is, is motherhood is a calling to love, nurture, and shape the children the Lord gives to you. So I'll say that one more time. Motherhood is a calling to love, nurture, and shape the children the Lord gives to you. I have a couple degrees, and I'm fairly sure that you know nothing I learned there prepared me for all the things that have come up in motherhood. Um, you know, I've used my masters to help my kids learn emotions and and things like that. But overall, there's there's so much more to learn what it looks like to love and nurture and shape our children, right? And it it really takes, like I've said, the trust from the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, um, and. Something I've been thinking about is I think sometimes maybe a voice in our head comes up with particular children where we go, I think God made a mistake here. Did he give me the wrong child? Like, this is really not working very well. Or I don't, we're totally different. Or we don't don't see things the same. Or there, you, sometimes certain personalities, you might just feel this constant struggle. And if, if that's you, I just, I want to encourage you that, no, I think God did think about it, that, that, God is working even in the midst of those trials or even in the midst of, you know, maybe it's a child who's five and still won't sleep at night and you're going, Lord, like, I'm not equipped for this. I don't know what to do. Um, I just want to encourage you that whether it's really your sense from the Holy Spirit that you know what to do, but to encourage you to, to reach out to, you know, a friend or a mentor or a counselor or someone that could maybe give you some insight into you know, how to help or how to connect with certain kids. I know that's been true for us that maybe there's certain parts of my kids' personalities that are really similar. I'm like, okay, I get you. I get this. It's just a little bit easier to move forward sometimes. And sometimes when you're really different, it just takes a lot more energy, right? To like, Lord, how do I love this child? How do I nurture this child? Will you please, please show me? And I, I really believe the Lord will show up. Sometimes it might take a lot longer than we want it to. Like, Lord, a year is, is, can we, you know, come on, can we move faster than this? But I really believe that the Lord will show you like what are, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's not you. I mean, a lot of what we're talking about is your role in your child's life, but I think there's so much beauty and joy and wisdom in reaching out to our community. And, and obviously this is a lot of what this, this group is for. So hopefully throughout this semester, as we're leaning into this topic, we can come alongside each other and um, maybe lend some wisdom or listening ear to all the dynamics of, of our families. Thirdly, motherhood is sacred. Um, I think it's helpful to remember that that this that God really views this as this is a sacred calling, as a sacred space in our home where he is there in the most joyous of moments, in the most difficult of moments. Um, 
you know, he's there when your baby's spitting peas all over you, and not that that ever happened to me, but no, it did. Um, or, you know, your baby's upset, um, tummy upset, or it's sickness. I remember so many times going to our kids' rooms and, like, leaning over them and, like, are they breathing? Like, you know, just that. Are they doing well enough to sleep? Or do I need to take them to the doctor? And all those moments that I think we can easily compartmentalize and not remember sometimes, like, God is actually here. God is in this. Um, Lord, help me to have eyes to see that you're with me. Help me to have ears to hear um, what your Holy Spirit is saying to me in these really hard moments. Um, He's there with you and your toddler's throwing a tantrum in Costco and you wish you would have never brought your toddler to Costco, right? I, I really tried hard not to bring my kids to stores, but sometimes you just have to do it, right? You just can't sneak away at night or early in the morning. Um, but I think sometimes we want to compartmentalize the spiritual part of our life or compartmentalize God and go, okay, he's with me or he's in tune with me or listening when I'm at church or when I'm praying or when I'm doing a Bible study. But if we can remember, no, God is everywhere. He is always present. If we can stop for a moment and just have eyes to see how he's seeing our life and our situation. Okay, so that's kind of the vocational part of motherhood part. I want to segue now for just a little bit of time to talk about mothers as lifelong learners. And so this will be kind of more of our outward type of role. Of And I, I chose it first because it, it's somewhat foundational to our to all the other roles as moms, I guess you could say. Like, you know, if we're continuing to be learners, which is really being a disciple, the definition of disciple is a learner. And so God's calling us to be disciples our whole lives. And so if we're disciples of Christ, we're continuing to learn. And as we learn and as we grow, the more we do that, the better place we're in to give out to our kids, right? To to hopefully um, be a model to them to be learners and to be a model to them of just having a relationship with Christ, of, of we want them to be lifelong learners, right? And so part of this is us um, finding a way on that path ourselves. I want to share a scripture with you, which is 1 Timothy 4, 14 through 16, and it says, do not, do not neglect your gift, which is given you through prophecy, when the body of the elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And so I want to just kind of hone in on... They're talking about specific specific gifts, but I think the larger principle here is, what is you know who has God created you to be? Um, what has He put in you? Like, what's your unique personality? What strengths do you have? What gifts do you have? I really believe God's called us to bring all of that to motherhood. That whatever education or training or skills you have, that I don't think God's saying, okay, now you're a mom, just like drop your brain at the door, like it's over. Um, sometimes we might feel that way with the, with the tasks we're completing, but I really believe he's, he's, not, he's called us to bring our whole self to motherhood. And there's, I think there's creative ways that, that we can bring that. And a couple stories that come to mind with that are um, one of my friends is she's a mom and she's a nurse. And she 
brings all of those nursing skills and all those things wherever she goes, right? I'm, I call her and I'm like, okay, this is what happened now. I'm sending her pictures. Is this deep enough of a wound to send my child to urgent care? Or, you know, what should I put on this? Or who should I see? Of course, she can't give me her professional medical opinion, but she can say, as your friend and with my knowledge, this is what I would do if I were you kind of a thing. Um, and then another neat thing that just came from her background and her education is that last year I was trying to figure out what to do with one of our girls for science because um, we do kind of a part-time homeschool thing. And um, she said, well, I'll, how about I teach um, your daughter and her, her daughter as well anatomy and physiology? Yes, that would be amazing. And this particular daughter is really, oh, sorry, interested in kind of medicine, science, just kind of, and it's not something I know much about at all. So I'm like, please, you know, take her. And, and she was just thrilled to, to be in this class and coming home and just rattling off all this stuff about the body and the systems and so excited about it. It was just so neat for me as a mom to link arms with another mom who she's a mom and she's a nurse and, you know, a couple of the hats she wears and to see all those connections come together and to see what a gift that they could all be to each other. But I think there's so many opportunities like that in our community when we bring, show up with our whole selves to things and to our kids, right? Um, another um, story I think of is I have a couple friends who are in the dance world. They're dance teachers. And, you know, we could maybe think with just secularized, oh, that's just something you do for fun or exercise or whatever. But they're believers and they really have a heart to um, encourage people to worship the Lord through dance, to glorify the Lord in dance and to you know, use it for exercise and use it for fun. and But you can bring all those things together and still glorify the Lord. And so they continue to learn and grow and be educated and all those things. And so they're, they're bringing those gifts to their family and they're bringing that to our community. And so I just think of how just the, the ripple effect of their, what God's, has, the interests they have and the gifts they have, how they're able to, to spread that. And so I think we each have that with our unique makeup and what the Lord has given us. And so first, I think, I have a few ideas about becoming lifelong learners. Um, the first is to seek to continue to grow in our relationship with the Lord. And I just want to encourage all of you. I, I know we've talked about before in this group about how hard it is to, I'm not even looking up here. I hope Janelle's tracking with me. I'm sure. No, it's fine if you're not, because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even looking at the slide, so. Um, Okay, yeah, seek to grow in a relationship with the Lord. And I know for many of you, I know a good majority of us in here have really little kids, and so having a consistent time with the Lord is very challenging. So I want you to know that I, I know that, and I remember that very well. Um, but I think, so on one hand, you know, even just taking a small amount, even if you wake up and sit on the edge of your bed and in silence for a few minutes and say, Lord, I, I give myself to you today. Lord, help me to see you. Help me to sense your presence. Help me to um, see what you're doing in my life and my kid's life. Help me to be sensitive to you. Even just a short prayer like that, I, I think I prayed that many times, if, if nothing else, in difficult days where I felt like I was inundated with you know things I needed to do with the kids or requests, all those kind of things. 
but just to even wake up and set our heart and our trajectory toward the Lord, I think kind of can change our perspective from just being responsive and like, oh, everybody's like needs all this stuff from me to, <laughs> yes, you all know it, um, to, okay, Lord, help me just to, to see you and focus on you and help me to be present to you today and sensitive to your spirit and what, what you're really doing in me and our kids. Um, and if you can go beyond that, um, you might need to be really creative, right? right? Maybe it's, there's just so much out there and we're not going to get into this. It could be a whole topic and we have talked more about this in this group before, but please let me or Sarah know if you need ideas for this. Um, there's so much out there with apps and, you know, the apps will play the Bible for you. You can listen to it while you're brushing your teeth or, you know, in the car or um, some different prayer apps like Lectio 365. We talked a little bit about that, but if you need ideas of just something that's maybe easy and short, if you feel like I don't have a lot of time to give to this, please ask. I'd, I'd love to share some of those things with you. And then I think what was helpful for me to remember is that God really is everywhere. So if we feel like, okay, you know, as a mom and I'm overwhelmed, I, I don't really have time to, you know, consistent time to do this, that God is still working in our lack. It's not like, oh, I didn't have a quiet time today. Now it's over and, you know, I don't, God's mad at me and okay, never mind, you know, whatever. But if we just remember that God is, is everywhere and that our very sacrifice to love and be kind and see our children is worship, that we are truly worshiping the Lord with um, all that we give. That I think that helps us to realize, okay, it's, it's not just about that time set apart. That is wonderful and we need that, but we can also remember that I'm truly sacrificing and giving up my life for my family and God sees that. He sees that you're doing that. So remember that too on those days. Okay, number two, part of becoming a lifelong learner is learning to become an emotionally healthy person. I think, and there's so much we could say about this, right? But I think one of maybe the first thing that comes to my mind or the most simple part of it is um, becoming aware of, of our emotions. And when we do that, it kind of helps us. It's a springboard for figuring out who am I? How do I respond to things? Um, how do these emotions affect my personality? And if this is new to you to kind of think about that, there's just four easy questions you can ask yourself um, on a daily basis. And I don't know if I put this on the slide or not, but it's easy to write down. Just what am I angry about? What am I, so maybe this summer, what am I mad about? What am I sad about? What am I glad about? And then the next one doesn't really rhyme. What am I anxious about or fearful about? So what am I mad about? sad about, glad about, and anxious about. And I think this is, I mean, there's so much going on, right? So much to do. We could easily gloss over this and um, like, I don't have time to think about that, but I really think that knowing ourselves, and we, we talk a lot about in church about spirituality and have a relationship with the Lord, but I think it's equally important that we um, are emotionally mature, that if you've gone through EHS or EHR, you've probably heard this language that I'm saying, but through that course, the main kind of premise of the course is that um, emotional health and spirituality, spiritual health cannot be separated, that, they're, that they go together, and that God's really using those two things to work together in us. And um, 
if, if you can, take a little time each day to just process, to ask yourself that. I think that gives you a bit of a pulse on how emotionally healthy am I? Can I, can I name these things about myself? And if it's new, it might just take a while. And you might notice, okay, if, if I'm a pretty optimistic person, I might know, okay, this is what I'm happy about, but oh, I'm not sad or I'm not mad or maybe that's true, but you might want to dig a little deeper and say, okay, is that really true or am I sort of not wanting to talk about those things or am I uncomfortable or I just don't want to give it the space to talk about it. But I think the more that you put this into practice, you'll become more aware. So you could talk about it with your spouse. As our kids have gotten older, we do it around the dinner table and what I tend to notice is if there's something that's really on their mind or their heart, they'll find all the emotions in that thing. That makes me mad and that that makes me sad and I'm glad about this little piece of it, but the rest of it I'm mad about or sad about or whatever. So it's it's really interesting to hear how you're, but it's taken practice. It's definitely taken practice for all of us to make this a part of normal life. And if you feel like verbally processing isn't your thing, maybe journaling every night, maybe taking five or 10 minutes and just writing down those things. And I think I mean, research shows a lot that just by getting those emotions out, that it causes a physiological kind of relaxation in our body. And sometimes you might be aware of it, sometimes you may not feel it, but it you might notice it like if you meet with a friend or you meet with a counselor and something's really bothering you and you just finally get to really let it all out, you walk away often going, okay, I actually, I do feel better. Like I may not have any answers, I may not know what to do, but I feel a release from someone hearing me and seeing me, right? I, I bet many of you have had that experience. And so when we do that more on a daily basis, I think causes a lot to kind of unlock from us. And really a, a big point of this is that when we, a part of knowing ourselves is knowing our emotions. And when we know ourselves, we can know God more and we can also help our kids to know themselves. If, if we can't identify these things, it will be challenging to teach our kids to be able to identify these things, right? And But it, like I said, it's it takes practice. It takes um, conversation sometimes. And, and as you do it more, you'll, you know, maybe for you, you're like, you realize I can tap into those harder emotions more than the happier ones. Um, but it, I think in our humanity, we, we do feel all of them if we're willing to sort of let them come to the surface. Okay, number three is to pursue wisdom. I just want to read you a scripture from 1 Kings 3, 5 through 9, and it says, At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? A couple things that stand out to me are, you know, here he's saying, I'm only a little child. I don't, I don't know how to do this. This is a huge responsibility. Um, but then in, in the, at the end of the passage, it's saying, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people, to distinguish between right and wrong. And 
although it's a totally different situation, I think as moms we can find ourselves a little bit in the story in that we're like, we don't know actually what to do. We haven't been taught how to, we don't have maybe a huge group of people to govern, but we've got a small little family that we've been put in charge of, right? Um, and so it is this constant prayer of like, Lord, show, give me wisdom. Show me wisdom of how to, how to walk on this path for my family. So my encouragement in, in pursuing wisdom would be, as we talked a little bit about, but just to, to ask for help. And maybe, maybe it's someone that you've known for a long time. Maybe it's someone at your table that you've just met. Um, but my encouragement would be to, to think and pray if you feel like this is something you need, to ask somebody to walk with you on this journey of motherhood. It's, there's so much that you know, is challenging and we, could, we can glean from. And I see people hugging in the back. That's good. Like, just, you know, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe it's maybe maybe you feel like you already have that, but for some of you, you've maybe longed for that in your heart and not really known, you know, how to go about that. But um, I'm so grateful when I think about a couple of women who are still in my life today that have walked with me. You know, sometimes really consistently in my life, and other times maybe it's been more sporadic. But someone that you know, like I could. If they're willing to walk with me, I'd love to have someone I could count on to, to call or be there, especially if you don't have family in town or you're just trying to figure out that support system. Um, and I would encourage you, even if you feel like, well, Holly, you, you know, I'm just not really like a very assertive person. I don't really like asking people to help me. And I know it, it can be, it can be hard. And you're always risking the, what if they say no? Or what if they don't have the time or capacity? But I think most women would be honored to even be asked, you know, even if they, if they can't, or I think many women who are seasoned I've talked to have said, you know, I, obviously I didn't do it perfect. I can't, you know, tell anyone how to do this, but it's just in sharing their lives that you're able to, to glean and they can share with you, hey, these are the things that, that I love that we did. And, and there are other things that I made mistakes and, you know, I wish I would have done this differently. Um, but, I would encourage you to maybe just take that step to ask for something. Maybe it's once a month or quarterly or weekly or whatever, whatever you feel like that just meeting together and sharing your lives, I think you'd be really encouraged to be able to glean um, from someone on your motherhood journey. And if you feel like you aren't finding that or it's not working out or sometimes we ask and we try and we're disappointed and it's hard to do it again if that's been your story. So I, I understand that and that that is challenging. There are also literary mentors through, through books. I have learned so much through reading and through gleaning from pastors and counselors and psychologists and researchers. And so um, that's another way I, I really believe we can be mentored that way. It's, it's different. Obviously, it's not personal, but there's a certain growth and a certain wisdom that we can gain from literary mentors. And about to wrap up, I just want to share kind of a final story of, of something kind of going on in our home as we're pursuing wisdom together. I mean, I think there's a lot more of that side-by-side um, side going on with my older girls now, which is really fun and a neat season. And I'm excited for those of you who are kind of getting into that season. And if you have little ones, like 
Someday you will get there and you will be having great conversations and you will be learning and growing together in a different way than you are now with the little ones, right? Um, but I remember kind of waiting for this season and um, it's, it's fun to be in this stage where we can talk to each other and um, grow together. So Glenn and I have been talking about how we've been just talking through with our girls getting older. Like I said, my oldest is about to probably go to college in a few years and we've been talking about when our kids leave the house, what do we hope for them to have learned from the word? And, you know, we've done different studies, we've read different books of the Bible, but we decided at this point, maybe it'd be a good time to read the Bible in a year together. So we all signed up for a Bible plan on an app and we can all see each other's progress. So there's that like accountability of like, who got the checkbox today that we, that we read it? And I've been actually more behind than most of our family. So I'll have to catch up some days. But um, I usually have to get up, I have to get up early in the morning to find, still to find like quiet time for any amount of time. Um, but now I can sleep, so I can do it. I could not do it when I was in stage of many of you, but I'm finally getting up early and I just will come down to our kitchen table and light a candle and drink hot water is what I'm drinking these days or dandelion tea because I can't drink coffee still maybe someday but hey you take what you can get right and um so I've been doing our bible plan and I've been noticing like my one of our girls just kind of hearing her getting up earlier and earlier I think she's found for her schedule that this is really the best time for her to do that but slowly slowly I've been seeing her kind of creep up too so now she's like sitting by me at the table um as we're we're reading our you know together but it's just been a sweet a sweet time to join together and do this and um we're hoping to do something special with them but I only share that to say that you know that like there will come a point when you are, you know, they're really seeing you modeling that learning and that growing in some way. And, um, you know, there's the opportunity to join together to do it. So it's been really sweet. And um, I pray for that for all of you and encourage you. And we definitely have our highs and our lows, but this is, this is a moment of learning and growing together that I know that I'll remember for, for a long time. So I want to pray for you before we break into groups. Lord, I thank you for this incredible group of women from Downtown Moms Discipleship. And I just pray, Lord, that something that has been said tonight, Lord, will stay with each woman tonight here, Lord, that you would help this group of women to know their call to motherhood, to have a sense that you have called them to this. I pray that you would give them, each of them, a vision, Lord, um, from wherever they're at, Lord, that you would bring meaning into this call, that you would show them from their inner being, Lord, with their personality and their giftings and their strengths, Lord, what you've given to each of them to bring to their husbands, to their children, to their family, Lord. Show them how they can use who they are, their whole person, Lord, everything in them. Um, to be a gift, to be a blessing to their family, Lord. And I pray that you would give them the energy in this season, the strength, the wisdom, Lord, to pursue you, to pursue lifelong learning, Lord, as your disciples of Christ. And Lord, I pray that in our discussion time tonight, Lord, that we can encourage each other, pray for each other, truly see each other where we're at, Lord, and come alongside each other in our walks and motherhood. In your name I pray, amen.